imagine if we got excited about church. Put, put, put the 10 count back up there. Let's do that again. We're going to do this the right way. Put, put the 10 count back up there. What? Ah, all right, here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That's a little better. Anyway, stand up to your feet. Let's start our service with a song. This is a new song. Uh, this is a song that's been stuck in my head because it's just so good and the words are powerful. And uh, I hope that you guys really get something out of it. We, uh, we really like this song. It's called Death Was Arrested. Alone in my sorrow and in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began was redeemed, only beauty remains, and my orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance, when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace, so Washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new. Now life begins with you. I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested in my life began. Oh, your grace, so.
darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace suffering washes Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. And my life begins then. That song goes right with our sermon, but praise God, there's more these guys are going to lead us in, and I can't wait to hear that as well. But let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, I just come before you and thank you that, that death has been arrested. When you rose again, as we just sang, darkness rejoiced, thinking it had won. Satan thinks he knows it all, but he knows nothing compared to you, Lord. And in that three days when Jesus arose holding the keys to death, hell, and the grave, Satan was then seeing that he was defeated completely and knowing that he would never, ever be able to win again. Father, I just pray that we here today not only take hold of that victory, but if there's someone here today that does not know that victory, may they surrender their heart to you to this day. And the rest of us that do... May we sing joyfully as we just did. May we go out and preach the gospel. May we go out and share our testimonies. God, as we have gathered in this place today, may we just hear you speak to us so that we can leave here today with the true freedom of knowing that death has no hold and live our lives for you. God, may we just go out there and as the, a song we sang many, many years, or many times, but it's been a while, Lord, may we go out there and just get more undignified as we know the freedom we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. What, what a song to get us started this morning. I praise God for each one of you who are here today, and I pray that, that you have a blessed time in God's house. If you're here to be entertained, that's not what you should be here for. 
Praise God, that song was, I, I had the Holy Spirit moving in me. But put entertainment thoughts to the side and tell somebody this morning, shake their hand, love them, and say, I'm here to hear the Spirit of God. In song, word, prayer, handshake, whatever it may be, shake somebody's hand and let them know, I'm here to see God today. Amen? Amen. 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 Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye, all ye land. Serve the Lord, the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. this morning just uh you can you can grab a seat i didn't bring a bulletin up here with me but the announcements that i know the couple i want to make sure to point out this thursday is our annual back to school bass uh, pool party so if you are here this morning uh, and you usually come on thursdays or let me just invite you to come on thursday thursday night we have prayer meeting and, and the time to a devotional we have dinner we have devotional we have prayer meeting 
And then we're going to leave earlier this, this coming Thursday night to go to the pool in Floresville. Now, we'll take the van and the bus if need be, or you can carry a van over there. We have it from 8.15 to 10.15. So 8.15 to 10.15, we'll leave here probably a little before 8. Again, we have the van and or bus or both if we need to, or you can carry a van. But the pool in Floresville will be just for First Baptist Sutherland Springs, from 8.15 to 10.15 just to go, swim, have a good time. This is adults, teenagers, children. It's the family of God in Sutherland Springs. We're going to go and we're just going to have a good time. Amen? Amen. So I encourage you to come to to the devotional, have dinner, uh, have a great time of fellowship here. Then we'll just move it over to the pool and we'll have fellowship there and, and be able to cool off a little bit. Amen? So that is Thursday. The other thing I wanted to announce, and I probably should have started the service with this announcement, we are having some AC issues with our nursery. Therefore, there is no nursery provided today. I guess by this point, you know that if you have little ones. The, we did not want to... Uh, we ha- Actually, it's in our educational facility. We were able to move things around. Nursery is too hard to move. That's why we're, we, we normally have a nursery. Just today, it's not the air conditioners uh, acting up. And we're going to deal with that and work with that tomorrow. Uh, what else? That, that was the pool party. That, oh, one more thing. John has been working diligently. If you've seen the new equipment in the back, we are being live streamed now. You don't have to wait till the YouTube. Folks who are watching, they just saw you singing glory, hallelujah, and everything else. Uh, Live streamed on two different channels, two different venues from what I understand. So it's going out there. The word of God's going out there and you're going out there with it. Amen. So wear your nicest clothes. No, I'm just kidding. Now, we are blessed to, to have John back there being able to handle all the technical stuff. He asks me questions, and my eyes glaze over, and it goes right over my head, and I just shake my head, whatever you can do, John. And he's been doing it, and doing it well. So praise the Lord for that. And guys, isn't it great that God has blessed us with this ability to go out and just preach the gospel? And that's what each one of us have been called to do. Also, be in prayer for David, who is preaching the gospel this morning in a church in Michigan. And there's some spiritual warfare that's been going on and stuff. And we just need to make sure to continue. In fact, let's just stop and pray for him right now too. Father God, I do lift up David to you as he is going forth proclaiming your gospel. And God, may those folks up there just smile and know that it's you speaking to their hearts as you speak through David. Just give him the, the strength to know that his words are yours. And may the gospel go forth. And God, may those people, those folks in Michigan, be able to feel your presence where they are right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, praise the Lord. I think that's enough of the announcements. I can't think that I missed anything. Uh, All right, wonderful. Well, Stormy, come on up, brother. You are next. He didn't have to preach. (laughs) Father God, I just lift up Stormy to you, and I thank you for his willingness and his obedience to stand in the gap and God, as he comes now to to open your word, to share what the scripture reading is that you've laid upon his heart, may we hear you through him and thank you for him and bless his family for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Boy, you guys look a lot better standing up here as a scripture reader than you would if I was standing up here as a preacher. (laughs) You know, when I last time I went to the doctor, they have these questions they ask you now. And one of the questions they asked me, do you ever think about hurting yourself? I said, no, actually, I try my best not to hurt myself. (laughs) She said, well, do you ever think about hurting others? 
I said, have you ever driven in the parking lot of Sam's Club during Christmas time? <laughs> when you're driving, have, have you ever noticed driving down the highway these people that are always looking in the rearview mirror instead of looking out at what they're going to run into? You know, that rearview mirror is a little tiny thing. That windshield is a great big thing. That's because you're not supposed to be looking at where you've been. You're supposed to be looking at where you're going. Paul, Paul addressed that. We're going to read today out of uh, Philippians, and we're going to read the uh, verses uh, 13 and 14 out of the real Bible, the King James Version. <laughs> I, that, that, I say that as a joke because there's some people that use some of these newer versions. And uh, <laughs> I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Oh, I'm sorry, I started in 14 because I had it highlighted. Let me restart this. Brethren, I count not myself as have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said he forgets about those things. You know, once you put your hand the gospel plow, you can't be looking back. If you look back while you're plowing, that row looks like a snake plowed it. You got to look ahead. You got to not worry about where you've been because every sinner has a past. I mean, every saint has a past, just like every sinner has a future. We need to look ahead. We have a high priest, and looking ahead for a Christian means looking up, keeping your eyes focused on Jesus Christ, who is the, our high priest. You know, as the angels took uh, Lot's family out of Sodom, he said, don't look back. His wife looked back. I don't know if you've ever read that story in Genesis, but spoiler alert, didn't end well for So we need to look ahead and for a Christian, it means looking up. The late, I heard the late, great Adrian Rogers say, regret looks back, worry looks around, but faith looks up. Keep looking up. Father, thank you, Lord, that you set a high priest ahead of us, that we can set our eyes on a high priest. Father, not only was God, but came to earth and was man so that he knows what we're feeling, and we know that we can trust him with everything we're going through because we go through nothing that he hadn't gone through and worse. Father, let us keep our eyes on your Son and in all that we do glorify you and your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. And the congregation of God said, continue in song this morning if you guys just want to take a comfortable position of worship uh, the words will be up on the screen as they were before uh, but we're going to start off with to god be the glory Be the glory, great things he has. 
y'all appreciative of the time they put in to come and lead us in worship. Amen. And every one of them sounded great, but let me also, if you did not know, I've been asked this several times. Isaac, raise your hand up, Isaac. Come here just a minute. That was a daughter. Had to be. I've been asked several times who's the new guy on the stage up here, and praise God he's coming up and playing his his Perfect heads. Perfect heads. Yeah, that's right. He's coming up and playing the violin for us or fiddle. I'm not sure exactly which way it's called. Same, okay. The thing, though, I wanted to point out, this is the same man that just a few weeks ago was on his deathbed, and we were praying for him to come off that bed. Amen? Amen. And I want you to see through him, one, keep praying for him, but two, when we continue to pray, look how God's using his talents now. So thank you for allowing him to do something. Amen. Amen. Well, let's do that right now. That's, that's, here he was on his deathbed, and all that's left is a finger, but that finger still hurts. And let's go ahead and lift that up as well. Amen. Everyone. Father God, I lift up my brother and just ask now, 
in the name of Jesus, not in the name of this church or in the name of any individual, but in the name of Jesus Christ. My brother, you've already worked miraculous things in my brother's life. Brought him back from a brink when the doctor said that it was over, but yet it wasn't over with you. And you have just moved in a mighty way in his life. And I just put his fingers and his family and his life and everything in your hands. But God, we pray you heal his hand, heal his finger, heal everything about him. And God, thank you for him and using him in a mighty way to lead us in worship for you. God, every one of these folks that were up here is a team. And you've included my brother in there as well. And thank you for that, God. Continue to bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to start off reading a scripture out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this, The vision that Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and many of you know this next few passages, but I just want to touch it anyway. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes amongst the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will turn their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nations will not take up the sword against other nations and they will never again train for war. Now this passage of scripture is a prophecy. And the first two-thirds of that has come to fruition and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? He has already came and he's already asking us to go up and and seek to learn from who he is and how we are to live. Folks, I pray this day, if you do not know him, that you will get to know him. That you will surrender your heart to him before it's too late. The last part of that passage of scripture was basically attesting to the fact he's going to come again. Amen? Amen? And when he does... There will be peace. But true peace doesn't come. True freedom doesn't come until he returns. Now, a second time. He's already came the first time that Isaiah was prophesying. That was the message that we were trying to share this past week. If you didn't know, the, the black sheep, the, the uh, a, a motorcycle ministry that was able to go and into Sturgis and witness to a different kind of crowd, I, I would say out of all the testimonies, I wish I could tell you I led a million people to Christ. That didn't happen. But what we did pray for was all the seeds that were planted will grow into fruition. What were those seeds? We were sharing that God that the scripture speaks about right there. Amen? Amen. One of the neatest things I saw in the boot shine booth, and that's what we did. We we set up a free boot shine booth, and any of these bikers and everyone who would go by, we'd bring them, try to get them to come in and get their boot shined. And when they asked, why are you doing this? We could tell them, we're doing this because we want to show service, to show Christ through service to you. That God humbled himself and we're going to humble ourselves so that maybe you will see who he is. And folks, all but one, the time I was there, all but one individual allowed us to pray with them when it was done. Is there something we can pray with you about? And one man, he was just broken, please. And he just told us why he needed prayer. Others were kind of a little hesitant. Well, yeah, I guess. Can you pray? And there was a lot of prayer that went out over these folks this past week. Amen? But the greatest prayer and the greatest thing that we would share with them while we were shining their boots, you get their feet up on a stock and get, get the wax all over them, they're trapped at that point unless they want to walk out with these really uh, black, you know, funky looking stuff going on. 
And it's at that moment you can make conversation and talk about what Jesus has done for me and what he can do for you. And it's amazing how many people that you speak with will revert back, well, I remember growing up, or they, they have some type of story about being in church. And maybe God just used this to, to rekindle a fire that was in there. But the main thing that I wanted to make sure to point out to you guys is that it's, it is not just a, a missionary's task to go here and there. We are to share the gospel. We are to share the gospel repetitively. And what happens, though, is that we allow ourselves to get caught up in what we think the world is rather than what God says the world is. And we start forgetting about the gospel in our own lives and start pursuing what we think is actual freedom. And in so doing, we're not sharing the gospel with others. If you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew, we're going to be going to Matthew in just a little bit, Matthew 24. And as I was contemplating what it was I was supposed to share with you guys this morning, I can't tell you I went into a lot of deep uh, study time this time. God was speaking to me. I was on the motorcycle a lot. We were in boot shines. We were all over, all over the place. But God still was bringing a message together. And I shared with, with Matt and Delisa just a few nights back. I said, it's finally coming. Everything's coming together that God would want me to share this morning. But as we were interacting with people, with folks from a, a, an alternate culture, if you will, and it, they, that is a different culture than many people would associate themselves with or understand. But as we were interacting with these people, the thought came to me of an old movie, um, Guys, if you want to put that, that movie up on the screen. But it's an old movie that many of you may have heard of. But the name of that movie was Easy Rider. Even those that haven't watched the movie probably recognize that picture right there. Many of us know that movie. And if you remember the movie, you're probably saying, how in the world can he work that into a sermon? <laughs> I own that movie, actually. I haven't seen it in a while. I, I don't know where it's at right now, but... I, there's a lot in that movie. But in the late 60s, Peter Fonda, who was the, 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 the one looking all buff and steadily riding the, the, the chopper that has the American flag all painted on it. And then there was Dennis Hopper, who was the, the, the kind of ragged, wild, scraggly, mustached one on the other bike. The movie portrays these two guys. They're sitting there, and, and Peter Fonda made this movie. He's the one who wrote the script. He made this movie, and it was in a, a rebellious kind of way. He wanted to make something that was in rebellion to society at the time. And the movie has become a cultural icon to this day. But within that movie, he was trying to make a statement that I think captures the spirit of the late 60s and captures uh, the idea of a countercultural movement. You see, they were driving all around the South on loud motorcycles, camping outdoors. They, 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 they would go and uh, pick up lady friends and do all these things and do lots of drugs. And they, they had all this going on in their minds. They had just done a huge drug deal and, and had all this cash loaded into their motorcycles. And, and they were just what they called easy riders. They said, we got it all. We got it going on. Anything we want. We have money. We have women. We have fun. We have motorcycles. We have all this freedom. We're just cruising around the country looking for a good time. We're, we're easy riders. And they, that's what the movie was to portray. That's what the movie was trying to say. They had no connections to anybody. They had no relationships to any one person. They had no obligations to anything. And so in their mind, they're perfectly free. They said, we, this is what the life is supposed to be. We are easy riders. We have everything right here. I'm reading a book right now in my quiet times called Live Differently, Think Differently. 
And, and when I got to thinking about that movie, riding around, and, and, and it, it just comes up. In fact, I was sitting in the truck, and I was putting notes together, typing on my, my computer. And, and right when I started typing a quote from this movie, because I was thinking, I had this movie going through my mind, Born to be Wild came on the radio. I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, that's confirmation I'm doing the right thing. But this all was rolling through my mind. When I was thinking about the quiet times I had and what real freedom is, because that book produces what that real freedom is a relationship with Christ. And as I was taking this book and this movie and God was putting these things together in my mind, God allowed me to see an issue not just within that counterculture, not just within the bikers, but an issue that I think is sitting in the pews of our churches today as well, maybe in our own lives something that we have to deal with regularly, and that is how do we individually define what real freedom is? What is it to be free in Christ? What does it mean to be free on this world? There's two scenes from this movie I want to share with you this morning. As I said, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I used to watch it often, and there's things stuck in my head. But one of the, one of the scenes, they pick up this alcoholic lawyer who's played by a very much younger Jack Nicholson, if you think of Jack Nicholson today. But Jack Nicholson is this alcoholic lawyer that get, they, they pick him up and they allow him to, to join them on their escapades and such. And in this scene, they're all sitting around this campfire. And Jack Nicholson looks to Dennis Hopper and, and Peter Fonda and he, he says, you are perfectly free. You represent freedom. And that scares other people. Other people aren't free, and therefore they are jealous of what you have. That's what he says to them around the campfire. And he goes, they go on and get into other escapades. They visit houses of ill repute and more drugs, get chased out of town, all this stuff. But that, there was a lot of depth in the words that, he was, that Peter Fonda was trying to present right there when he wrote the script. The second scene I want to present to you. Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda, again, they're sitting around a fire. And Dennis Hopper, if you've never seen the movie, he's, he plays a good stoner. I mean, he, he's just, dude. Of course, it helps that he always was stoned anyway. But anyway. <laughs> but they're sitting around this fire. And Dennis Hopper looks over to Peter Fonda and says, Hey, man, we made the big score. We did it. We got a ton of cash, man. Let's just head to Florida and retire. And here's the next words that Peter Fonda says that always baffled me. And I thought about this. And Sherry would tell you that today's our, our oldest son's 31st birthday, so she's at home making lunch for him right now, making lunch for all of us, I hope. But anyway. <laughs> but when I get some, it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be a conversation. When I get something that doesn't compute well in my mind, it goes over and over and over. For years, Peter Fonda's response was rolling around my head because he looked at Dennis Hopper, who said, we got money, we got girls, we got bikes, we have freedom, man, let's go to Florida and retire. Peter Fonda said, no, man, we failed. We blew it. We failed. For years, I pondered on that. What was Peter Fonda trying to say? What, was, what did he mean that he failed? The whole movie was about freedom, that he had everything. How did they fail? They, 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 they set out what they got. They achieved what they set out to do in their minds. It was perfect freedom. However, now, as I was going over that this past week, and the book I'm reading and the movie Congealing, whether he meant to or not, whether he was trying to present something theological, which I doubt, whether he was trying to be philosophical with what he had to say, I think I finally figured out the huge truth he was trying to say. Many 
in that culture would have said that they were perfectly free. That they had freedom, they had money, they had all this stuff. That, that, and many of us, even today, would look to that lifestyle and say, man, I want to be free like them. No obligations, just get on my bike and ride. I want that kind of freedom. But I think what Peter Fonda was trying to say is even though they were very close to freedom, they at the same time were impossibly so far away from freedom. Sure, drugs gave them a rush, but not like the rush that we get when we have the, are, are drunk on the Spirit, as the Scripture says. When we have the Holy Spirit moving within us, we have a clear and free rush. We can smile. And enjoy what God is doing. That's why the Bible says to not be drunk on the wine, but be drunk on the Spirit of God. We are to be excited and we should be moving. As, as Chris was saying a while ago when he was leading us in worship, we should be excited in proclaiming the gospel. When we are excited with the Lord, that is greater than any drug that man could have created. It's greater than anything that we could put into our bodies. Yes, they, they would go out with the ladies of the night to fulfill their lust, but that nowhere near approaches the, the, the eternal love that you have with God. Just like there were so many this past week that, that think they have freedom on the open road. The movie was saying, I have freedom in, 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 in my bikes. But when you look at that kind of freedom, and I think this is what Peter Fonda was trying to, to point out, whether it be philosophically or theologically, when you put all your thoughts of freedom into the world's lens of what freedom is, you know what they were really doing throughout that movie from the very beginning to the end? Which, if you've never seen the movie, does not end well for them. The entire movie, even though they're wanting to say, look how free they are, they're running from something. The entire movie, they're running away from the law. They're running away from themselves. They're running away as they're being chased out of towns. They're always running away from something. They never have the peace of true freedom where they could sit and relax and say, thank you, God. You see, perfect freedom is not on the road. The perfect freedom is not being able to just get on your bike and ride. Perfect freedom is being able to stop and know that regardless of what transpires around me, I have a loving relationship with an eternal God. Not a temporal motorcycle, not a temporal bank account, not as something that's just going to be here for a little while. True freedom comes with knowing that no matter, you may have all the things everybody wants, but if you don't have Christ, you're always running from something. When Dennis Hopper looked to Peter Fonda and said, let's just go sit down and retire, Peter Fonda knew, and this is what he was conveying, whether he knew it through Christ or Christ spoke through or whatever it may be, he knew, well, no, man, we failed. Why? Because we're always going to be running from something. This is not freedom. This is not easy riding. We always have to get up and go and go and go. Folks, while we might not play out our lives to the extremes like, like easy riders, maybe we don't do all the, the rough things, I think we can get caught up in the same temporal trap. I'm afraid we lose sight of the eternal. We start judging our freedom by what it is I have in front of me today, by my bank account, by my, my relationships, by the women I have around me, by the bikes I have around me, by the cars I have around me, by the job that I hold. Folks, when you are looking at your life through the temporal, through the momentary, through the, the, this side of glory, you're not achieving or attaining or looking to true freedom because true freedom comes from knowing a relationship with the one who is all eternal. Freedom is not short-term. Real freedom is eternal. And if you don't know Christ, you don't have that freedom because he is going to come again. 
And when he comes again, he is going to call those who are, are anointed, those who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, unto himself. And when he does so, that's that freedom. Those who could have had the greatest life that the world said they could have, if they don't know Christ, they didn't run fast enough because he caught them. In Matthew chapter 24, notice the story. Jesus is sharing the parable here. Verse 36. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, except the Father only. As the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. So this is the way the coming of the Son of Man will be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be alert since you don't know what the day your Lord is coming. But know this. If the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you also must be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The point of the message that I feel as though God laid on my heart this morning, guys, is you might not wear a, a lot of leather biker jackets and and boots, and all those kinds of things. You may say, well, yeah, I, I, I can't associate with Peter Fonda or Dennis Hopper or that lifestyle. You may not be able to cruise around on your Harley. But folks, let me say this this morning. I think that every one of us gets caught up in the temporal and loses sight of the eternal. If we are honest with ourselves, every one of us has some type of addiction in our lives. Every one of us has some type of, of broken relationship that we're running from. Or every one of us has some type of a bum job, a, a, a ragged relationship, guilt over something in our past, whatever it may be, when we are continually running from it rather than stopping and facing it with the power of Christ and putting it in his hands, you are trying to be an easy rider rather than being what God's called you to be. You may try to fool yourself into thinking you have freedom because you ran away from this relationship or you ran away from this or you ran away from that. But when you're always running, that's not freedom. Freedom comes when you can stop and understand I'm not the choreographer God is. When I can stop and say no matter what's going on around me, I can now realize that, that, that I am in a relationship with the Most High God. That who is going to love me. And I do have obligations. Not to everyone else as much as to him. And then do through him, through him unto others as he would have me to do. That's when we have peace. That's when we have freedom, guys. That's when we can sit down and lay down at night and say, thank you, Jesus. Sherry was making the comment this, this past week that, that we kind of reversed that used to be I was real hard to go to sleep. I couldn't hardly go to sleep ever. And now that I, I lay down and almost asleep instantly sometimes. And I attest, to, and, and she's right. There are times I still can, but most of the time I go, I go to sleep so much easier than I used to. But you know why I think? Because I have gotten stronger and stronger in my relationship. That it's not about what people think anymore. It's not about me trying to aspire to meet some mark that man has set forward. It's not about me trying to climb in the church hierarchy or, or trying to reach a, a spiritual plateau so people will see me in this fashion or this light. I can go to sleep at night because every morning I wake up and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day that you have created. And I go to sleep at night thinking, Thank you, Jesus, that you brought me through another day. And I know that I know that I know that my relationships on this temporal side are where they need to be to the best of my ability because my relationship is with him to the best of my ability. 
the more we recognize that freedom is not in my bike, the freedom is not in my job, the freedom is not in my spouse, the freedom is not in acquiring what the world says is, is freedom, my freedom rests and resides in the one who is eternal, the more I am free on this side of glory to do whatever it is he's called me to do. When we sing praise songs like we did up here a while ago, we are inviting God to, to come and, and, and we were putting ourselves, we want to bring ourselves into a relationship with God. And God on that hill of Calvary several thousand years ago, as we read about just a few minutes ago, as, I mean, as, as Chris shared with us just a few minutes ago in song and led us in song about, he, when he died upon that cross, Death and, and the evil one, they rejoiced. But when he rose again three days later, he said, I have made a way of establishing a relationship with my children. With, with those who are out there who will call upon my name, they shall be saved. I want that relationship. And guys, when we are singing, we're saying we want that relationship. When we quit trying to be easy riders and say, God, I want the freedom in you. I want you to be Lord of my life. That's when you have real freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it comes from Jesus. He is coming again, folks. He will return. And he is trying to, and, and wanting to build a relationship of perfect love. A, a lasting relationship that's not going to end at death. You see, those who do not truly know him, are, that relationship is not there. And at death, you're going to go in a different direction than you thought you were heading. You might say, but I'm an easy rider. I have it all going on. Folks, if you don't know Christ, it ends. That call upon your life ends at that death. And he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. But I was in church. I said a cute little prayer. I did this and I did that. You didn't surrender unto me. You were riding the high life, but you failed. Like when Peter Fonda looked at Dennis Hopper, we failed, man. We blew it. If you're sitting in church every Sunday morning, but you don't have a real relationship with Christ, you're going to stand before that judgment seat and you're going to say, man, I blew it. I failed. We can't attain glory under our own power, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, he has given us the ability to choose grace, choose mercy. And if we want real freedom, it means giving the lordship of our life of our finances, of our, our spouse, of our children, of our relationships, whatever it is, it's giving lordship over to him and saying, God, you do whatever you will do. And what that's going to do is bring about a, a perfect, enduring, everlasting love so that I don't have to run anymore. I don't have to get on my bike and ride anymore. I can sit where I am and know that my relationship with the one who created all is right where it is supposed to be. The great thing about the passage of scripture we shared this morning and that I tried to, to share this past week is that he has come. He has made a, a pathway of salvation for you and I, but he's also coming again. He is coming again to call all those who love him. And when he does, he is going to set up a peaceful theocracy, if you will. There can be no real peace on this side of glory until he comes again. But what did the last part of Isaiah say? It said that when he comes again, he shall judge the nations. He shall arbitrate. It means he's going to be the lawyer. And he said the people will beat their swords into plowshares. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation and there will be no more war. When he, what he is saying is that when he comes again, perfect peace is going to be applied. Because those who will be left will be those who love him.
we are reeling in the aftermath of all the shootings and all the things that are going on. And oftentimes, I think it is, we are still getting on our bikes and ride. We're running from the problem. We're running, trying to escape. We're trying to be those easy riders and say, oh, look, I've got it all going on because I'm not a part of this or I'm not a part of that. When we choose to look through the lens that the world puts through, that's all we are. When we try to assess our freedom by what the world's telling us to do, by the way the world measures freedom, we're going to continue to run from something. These senseless shootings that are continually going on all across our, our, our nation and this world, when we continue to look through a lens that says that we are going to devalue life, that life doesn't mean anything, as long as we continue to kill children in the womb and say that life is, is, doesn't matter, then how can we expect our young adults to d- put value on life at any age? As long as we continue to win. As long as we keep running from the problem rather than stopping and saying, God, how would you have me to address this? As long as we continue to run and, and whether it be devaluing life or, or, or whether, whatever it may be, those shootings are going to continue. There's going to be deaths within the womb. There's going to be deaths within Walmart. As long as politicians continue to, to, to blame and stoke the fires of racism to separate people so that they will be able to win office again rather than bringing people together, as long as they're continually chasing what the world says is freedom then we're going to continue to have these issues. We're going to continue to have these problems. As long as we try to run away from the issues rather than stopping squarely and addressing them head on, we're not going to know real freedom. And we're going to look back to our children and their children. And we're going to look to the Lord one day and say, man, we failed. We blew it. But God's going to look to those that knew him and say, no, they had their chance. They had their choice. You chose life. And for that, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Folks, you want real freedom. Amen. You want real freedom. We have to quit running from the gospel. We have to quit running from the hard subjects. We need to quit running from whatever it is God's telling us to do in our lives. Stop and make sure our relationship is where it needs to be with him. And quit trying to think, I can run and retire in Florida till the Lord comes again. And all you're going to say is, I blew it. Or you can stop and say, my, my freedom isn't composed by what the world says. My freedom is composed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And folks, as long as we keep running, as long as we're riding the, the, our motorcycles like Easy Rider and whatever, cars, whatever it is, as long as you keep running, you may think you have freedom. But the tears of sorrow over all these things that continually are going on around us are going to continue to fall. But when you can stop and say, yes, that stuff's going on. These things, these hateful crimes are happening. This, the politicians are corrupt and doing this, that, and the other. Rather than getting caught in all that, I can say, but praise God for the Shekinah glory of my Lord and my Savior. For though these things are happening, he is still greater. He is going to bring me through and he will bring others through. And because I choose not to keep running like an easy rider, I choose to stop and proclaim the gospel to a counterculture in Sturgis to an Inuit people in Alaska to wherever God sends you to your family, to your workplace, wherever when we will put our freedom the ideal, the, the, the The definition of freedom in the words of Scripture, when we allow Christ to dictate what freedom is rather than the world, we can go to sleep at night, we can have the joy of Christ within our lives, maybe tears because of the circumstance, but we can have joy because I'm not stuck on the motorcycle riding across town. I am stuck in the Shekinah glory of God, and I'm going to proclaim the gospel to whomever God brings on to me. Folks, we are not, if you know Christ, you you have not been called to be that easy rider chasing freedom, you have freedom. 
through he who defeated death, hell, and the grave. That song we opened with this morning, I think we opened with it. Whenever we sang that song earlier this morning, when death thought he had us, but three days later he realized, oops, we blew it. We can look back and say, yeah, it looked like you had it. But it's not oops, it's praise God, you blew it. And I can have joy through the blood of Jesus Christ. That means if we really want to be what God's called us to be, we want real freedom, the bottom line is this. You cannot attain freedom or even share freedom if you don't know what real freedom is. That means taking off the lenses that the world puts on us as to what it means to be free. Means taking off, it's not about your bank account. It's not about what kind of car you drive or bike you ride. It's not about what kind of clothes you wear. It's not about how many piercings you have or lack thereof. It's not about what kind of tattoos you have on your body. It's not about how often you wear your Christian t-shirt as opposed to a secular shirt. What really matters is do you and have you built that relationship with Jesus Christ? Real freedom comes when you have surrendered to the Holy Spirit of a Most High God. And when that Holy Spirit comes into your heart and mind and you used to relinquish the reins and say, God, here I am. Guide my thoughts. Guide my directions. Guide my, my personality. Guide me to where you would have me to be. He may not change the, the outward appearance, but he'll sure change the words that come out. You know, it's kind of funny. We were talking this past week and I was sharing about something that happened in Alaska and said so there was a point these two people come up, and they're, they're coming to the tent. One's real clean cut, and they've got everything going on. And I think it was Evan got to speak and start witnessing to him. And then there was this, this guy come up half drunk, belligerent, and just beat up, and just, you know, rah, 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 and I got him. And when everything was said and done, I went to Christy, and I said, Christy, how come even all the way across the world, I still get those people? And Jim, actually Sherry said it, and then Jim backed up, and she said, because you are one. They're going to be attracted to you because they can see you've been where they're at. And I was like, ouch. But it's true. God may not change the outward appearance, but he changed the message that I could share with that individual. And the message is it doesn't matter who or what you are. It's what you, who and what you can be through Christ. Folks, this morning, I'm afraid that many of us are easy riders. We think we got everything straight. We're jumping on our spiritual motorcycles and we're riding through life thinking, I got it all figured out. When in reality, God's saying, I wish you'd just stop and park for a moment and listen to what I have to say. I wish you'd stop and let me work in your life because you're running from a whole lot of stuff. That if you'll let me, I'll move in and I'll take control and we'll use this to further the kingdom of God rather than to make you run from it. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, praise God, and now that we're streaming live, I don't know who's watching this, you don't have to be in this building. My God's everywhere all the time. And he can be speaking to me right now while he's speaking to you out in this crowd. If God's speaking to you today, all you have to do is humble yourself and listen. I'm not going to tell you to say a magic prayer. I'm going to say surrender your heart to his lordship. That's hard. It's easy to say a prayer sometimes, 
It's hard to surrender. It's hard to give up this addiction, Pastor. You don't understand. I do understand. But I understand my God's bigger. Well, it's hard for me to, to quit thinking about this or running with this or taking this on. It is hard. But isn't it great that he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if I be for you, who dare be against you? If you're here this morning and you're still running, it may seem like you have freedom to the world, but you know. You know inside. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell your neighbor. Because God's already speaking to you about it right now. And you know that this might be the time. I need to stop and just give this up. I need to turn this over. I've been trying to deal with it on my own. Isn't it great we serve a God that says, you don't have to. I love you, and I'm right here. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why not? Because it's not his fault that you don't. It would be yours. You can make a choice today. If you do know him as your Lord, as your Savior at least, have you made him Lord? Man, that means I might have to give this up or give that up. Give those things up. Maybe it's a temper. Maybe it's an arrogance. Maybe it's something that you just love to do. I promise if you will give that up to him, he will take it and mold it and reuse it in a way that he said that all those who love him are called according to his purpose. It will be used to glorify him at that point. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Christ, let's get that straight. If you do, let's make sure you're not an easy rider. As cool as those motorcycles are, both those bikes, you're not going to make it across the United States. You know, in that movie, he had three of each one of those made because he knew one couldn't make it. And even then, they got stolen at one point. You know, I'm not going to go into all the making of the movie. It tells you how much I really liked that movie a while back. You're putting your faith in something other than God, it's not going to make it. But you can change that today. I want us all to stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. This altar is open. The great thing is, I, you don't have to pray with me. You can come kneel at this altar. You can kneel right where you're at. You can grab a brother or sister across the aisle. If you feel like you're supposed to be praying right now, will you do what God's calling you to do before it's too late? It's your choice this morning. Will you listen to what God's trying to say? Father God, I come before you today and I praise your holy name for who and what you are. And I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that if there are those here today that, that spiritually are easy riders, they think they have it all going on, but maybe for the first time they realize they're running from something, that they haven't stopped and dealt with whatever it is in their life that you're telling them to deal with. They're thinking they can just cruise and retire somewhere. When in reality, this keeps stealing the freedom that they're trying to attain from them. God, may you bring it to their awareness. Bring it to their understanding. So they can relinquish it to you today before it's too late. God, may your grace be magnified and poured out upon us. For one day you will return. And though two may be sitting on the same pew... One will go and one will stay. 
Two will be sitting in a position at work. One will go and one will stay. Those that knew you and truly surrendered will go. Those that were acting and playing that easy rider will stay. So Lord, I pray your will to be done this morning as you work amongst your people. If there are those who need prayer, may you pray, may you guide their thoughts today. And may they lift themselves to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If God's calling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to get on your knees, get on your knees, come to this altar. If you need me to pray with you, I'll do that too. But will you surrender to Christ this morning as we sing, Chris?
Give God the glory. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever God's moving and working in your life this day, I pray that you will choose to surrender to his lordship. Surrender to his glory. Surrender to his power. Surrender to who and what he says he is. And then stand back and watch what God does as he works a marvelous thing in you. Amen. Amen. And don't don't worry about that phone or whatever that little squirrely noise was over there. <laughs> yes, church this evening, six o'clock. Hope to see you back this evening. If you want to, we're going to be probably finishing up a study on angels this morning, uh, this evening. But guys, keep looking up, keep looking out, and let God be God in your life. Amen. Amen. I'm going to put him on the spot, brother Matt. Will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Oh yeah, you sure may. Absolutely. <laughs> So we just got back from uh, Sturgis in South Dakota. A lot of missionaries, you know, y'all went out to Alaska. Uh, We went to Sturgis. Uh, My wife went to the bathroom. 
<laughs> Several times. But anyway. Okay. For some reason, wherever we go, she has divine appointments in the ladies' rooms. I just wanted to be clear about that. And two things on that. First of all, and to, you know, to tag on to what Pastor Frank said, is if your life's in the toilet, God will be with you if you let him. But you have to let him be there. The second thing is you don't have to be a missionary and go other places to share the gospel with Jesus, you know, Jesus Christ, to share love with him. Do it where you're at, wherever they find you. Okay? All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you too much, honey. <laughs> All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for the time to come and uh, praise you and worship you and the freedom that you've given us. Uh, just pray for boldness uh, to share you with the people that are out there, Lord, and just watch over and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Rest in